Thanks for joining us for today's message. We are always so encouraged to hear how God is working through this ministry to change lives. If you have a story to share about how God has worked in your life, then let us know by sending us an email to mystory@timberlakechurch.com. Also, if you would like to support this ministry financially, you can do so by giving online at timberlakechurch.com give. Enjoy the message. If you're new around here, I'm Ben. I'm the lead pastor. And we are uh, in a series called The Big Stuff. And you're wondering what that's about. We're, we're, talking, we're tackling those uh, deep issues of life and faith that uh, sometimes we will talk around, or, or people in church will, we actually talk about them quite a bit, uh, but not uh, directly address them, and especially some of the, the challenges and the concerns and the questions uh, that people have. And so last week, I threw a softball. I thought I'd just start with talking about death, heaven, and hell. And so uh, I thought we'd start with an easy top. Speaking of, it's my 25th anniversary this week. Yeah. Yeah, isn't that great? Yeah. I won't tell you if my wife believes that's heaven, hell, or death. Uh, but uh, we've been married for 25 years, which is exciting. Um, and I say the same thing every year. It's 25 years, but it only feels like 25 minutes underwater holding your breath. <laughs> and uh, I say that every year, and it's always a bad anniversary. I don't know why, but I uh, know it really is uh, one, one of those great, incredible uh, blessings in life. If you do not believe in miracles, uh, the fact that two, uh, the two of us have been married for 25 years, uh, both uh, really come from backgrounds where uh, marriages have not lasted, uh, and uh, we like to be around each other, and that's uh, an awesome thing. And uh, so, you, can you give my wife a hand? Where she's somewhere here? Yeah, there. Thank you. <laughs> uh, well, today I'm going to talk about one of my favorite subjects. And uh, I'll tell you a little bit about me. Uh, some of you may uh, will know part of my story. Some of this is a little new part of my story. Uh, when we approach this topic, uh, the title is The Bible and Other Religious Books. And uh, we're going to do primarily Bible. We always do a little bit of comparative study. Uh, and I am going to teach more than preach today uh, because I think it's important because I understand we live in a complex and pluralistic society. And so as people consider their options, I think it's a valid question in the marketplace of ideas, uh, is this the best option? Uh, by the way, Christianity, whenever there is a true marketplace of ideas, you always see the radical ascension of the Christian faith. Uh, because there's, uh, in my opinion, uh, a ring of truth. Now, some of you were taught that truth early on. You learned, uh, uh, like I taught my kids. Any of you learned the, the Bible song, B-I-B-L-E? Any, any of you learned that? Yeah, and so you know it. Every time you just go, B-I-B-L-E, you know, and all of that kind of stuff. I didn't learn, I didn't grow up with that. I grew up with 99 bottles of I Can't Say That on the Wall. <laughs> that was, literally, that was a song I learned and we sung as a family. So uh, I didn't grow up really with a belief in the Bible. We didn't have a, we didn't even have a Bible we didn't read. We, we never even ripped one off from a hotel room. I mean, it was just not a book that was uh, significant 
uh, for us. So I came to faith in Jesus Christ. Uh, I came, uh, again, not raised in a church environment. And I bought into Jesus uh, before I really knew much about the Bible or really uh, had considered it in a significant way. And so I knew I would trust Jesus, but later on it took a while before uh, I, I truly came to the view I hold today when it comes to Scripture. And it was through wrestling, it was through looking at uh, some things, and, when, and I'm going to talk about some of those today, uh, that I think might be helpful for you if uh, maybe you're one of these, hey, you know, you know I believe the Bible because... I'm supposed to, God said it, and I don't need any sort of reason to believe. Uh, that's great that you have that kind of faith, but uh, when you struggle, when you're challenged in life, you're going to need more than that. The people around you, your kids, are going to hear all sorts of ideas, and uh, that's fine, but often they will be taught caricatures and historical inaccuracies when it comes to the Scripture. And, and I say that quite legitimately. People who, who honestly have just a cursory knowledge, if that, will make uh, strong statements. And so, what I want to do is I want to consider uh, the Bible, and consider really this whole topic of truth. Uh, because truth, uh, we, we all, we've all bought into things that weren't true. We've all uh, bought into myths. I was reading some of these uh, myths that uh, often, I'm going to give you a little bit of a true-false. Uh, true or false, lightning doesn't strike twice. False, it can and often does and inevitably will. So if you've been hit by lightning, it's going to happen again. Uh, Betty White is older than sliced bread. True. <laughs> she was born in 1922. Sliced bread came out in 1928. Uh, uh, true or false, you can't hum and hold your nose. I don't know, but some of you are trying it. <laughs> it's true. <laughs> uh, Napoleon was short. That's interesting. You have no idea what you're saying. Yeah, no, it, it actually is false. Uh, he was, uh, the average man was 5'2 in that age, and he was 5'7, which was considered quite tall, which makes me feel awesome about myself. <laughs> so, you know, we, we hear things, and just because we hear it, we'll believe it's true or false. And oftentimes we don't take the time, and I understand you can't research everything. But when it comes to that which impacts the big things in our life, uh, our marriage, our parenting, our finances, uh, our purpose, our, our eternity, my hope is that we would take a little bit of time. Because here's my key assertion. And this is your first fill-in. If you're new around here, uh, we fill in the blanks because that's more spiritual. No, <laughs> it actually just helps you to remember the information and to interact uh, with it. Is that your truth is as only good, is only as good as your source of truth. Uh, you know, I hear this, people, this is my truth. I hear that statement, uh, but there's no such thing as your truth. Do you know that? People will talk about their, the, you don't have a truth. 
there's truth and there's that which isn't true. Now, you and I can legitimately disagree on what is true. Good people can disagree. But, but I think to say that there's a, a, a variable in truth, that would be, I mean, that would be like, okay, uh, this last week, tax day, right? Uh, which, by the way, the, RI, the IRS, their computers went down, and they had to extend it. Does that make you feel better? <laughs> yeah, no, it's like, hey, sorry, we can't collect taxes. And I'm like, that's okay, I didn't want to pay anyway. <laughs> uh, but how, how would it be if, if you said, you know, my truth tells me that I owe less taxes? That wouldn't work out very well, would it? No, we have to have some sense of truth. Now, see, that it's hard for us when it comes to spiritual truth. Because we will, I mean, we can disagree on uh, physical truths. We can disagree certainly on political truths. And the same thing that can happen here. So here's what I want to do. As I came around to a perspective where I, I started to trust the Scripture in a significant way, I was actually told by a religious person, a pastor, why I shouldn't put too much stock in the Bible. This is this literally right after I became a Christ follower. And this guy, I found out he was sort of off in a lot of other areas too. And uh, he was. He, I won't even go into it because there's kids here. So they, uh, but, but it was one of those things that I'm like, huh, okay, I'm going to read this thing. And I came to a different perspective. Uh, now, the Apostle Paul, he, uh, he says this, and I, 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 this is our first scripture that I want us to look at. And he says, and we also thank God continually because you received the word of God, which you heard from us. You accepted it not as human words, but as it actually is, the word of God. Now, now, when you hear this, too, people would say, well, did God sit down and write the Bible? No, it's, there's divine inspiration. Every religious book, no, no, well, I guess there's a couple, but no, 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 none of the major faiths of the world would say that uh, a book fell down uh, from heaven. There's some, you know, some more, a little more cultish. In fact, it's interesting, uh, most of the world centers around a disagreement about who Jesus is. We talked about that. Uh, whether it's in Islam, he was a great prophet, or uh, in Judaism, more of a, just a marginal Jew, a, a, an errant religious leader, or as a Christ follower, that Jesus is who he said he is. And, that, and he's done something on my behalf. So what I want to do today is I, I want to give you some fun facts about the Bible. I've done a message like this before, and I always try to do it a little bit differently. Uh, and then I'm going to tell you why it matters to me, and I think you might learn why the Bible might matter to you. And by the way, if you're here and you're like, hey, man, I, I don't, you know, hey, Bible boy, <laughs> I, I, I don't believe any of that stuff. That's, that's cool. That's legit. I would just say keep your intellect engaged and you might come to a different perspective. Well, one thing we know about the Bible is it has incredible impact. It is uh, the most public read uh, book in the world. Uh, there's, you know, really nothing... Uh, in comparison, it's translated uh, over 90% uh, 
of the world has the Bible uh, in their language. As I've said before, that's different from the Quran because the Quran is considered by Muslims only accurate in Arabic. So there's no need to really translate it. But the Bible has been translated into all these different languages. And in a sh few short years, it'll really be in every language and dialect. Uh, George Washington said this, it's impossible to rightly govern the world without God and the Bible. Napoleon said, There's, the Bible is no mere book, but a living creature with a power that conquers all that oppose it. Well, what we all, another fun fact about the Bible is that there's remarkable accuracy. Uh, now, uh, as, as you look at the Bible, you have to understand what the purpose is, too. Uh, you, you, you would say, well, is the Bible history? Are the Bibles not history? Well, it is. It's a spiritual history. And, and in fact, you, you don't have to guess about the Scriptures. Uh, in the Gospel of John, he, he, the author there says, I've written these things so that you might believe that Jesus is the Christ and have life in his name. And he said, these aren't all the things that happen. In fact, that's even said within the book. But I, I'm including enough so you can know God. A, a legitimate question that we have is, hey, is the Bible we have today, uh, has it been corrupted? Is it uh, the original? Because you know how it happens. Things get translated throughout history and especially all the different languages and generations. And, and uh, in, in those who study what's called textual criticism, uh, you can discover the accuracy based on how many early manuscripts you would find of a book. Uh, in the in ancient literature outside of the Bible, there's, uh, the Iliad is considered the one. There's 563 copies of it. So they're saying, okay, we know we have the original Iliad. Uh, now, the Bible is number one. Number two is the Iliad. The Bible, there's 5,461. And so in that, there's, there's a lot to look at to see. And you say, well, are there any variants? It's pretty interesting as you, uh, as you study how the Bible was copied, uh, that uh, people would, the ones who would uh, copy it, often uh, people living in monasteries, and they would count every word on the page. They would make sure the center word on the page was right. They would, you know, it was just, if, if, you know, if you're like me and have a little OCD, this would be a dream job. <laughs> and so, uh, this is, you know, so, it, and if there was one error at all, they threw it away. So, there's incredible, uh, you say, well, is there any variants over the years? There are 400 variants. So, uh, and none changes, not only any major doctrine, not even a minor one. There's, they're, they're very, uh, very, it doesn't affect any theology that we find uh, in the Bible. And, you know, people say this, well, how did we come up with the Bible? Who decided the Bible is the Bible? Uh, well, as a Christ follower, we take uh, the Old Testament Torah, the, for, if you come from a Jewish background, our Old Testament and the Jewish Bible are, are pretty much the same thing. And then books that were attested uh, to be divinely inspired with uh, some apostolic influence, and sort of over centuries, and it was agreed these 66 books of the Bible uh, were the Scripture. You say, well, were there other books? Absolutely. Uh, you hear this every once in a while. The Gospel of Thomas. 
Well, when they did research, it has nothing to do with Thomas. It wasn't a real, it was made up uh, decades, if not hundreds of years later. And everyone knows that's not real. And so we know we have, and, and this was great debate and research, the real scripture. What we find, I think, something else is surprising continuity. Now, this is interesting. The Bible is not one book. It's actually a collection of 66 books and 40 authors. And it's written over 1,500 years, yet there's a unity of message that we find from Genesis throughout the Bible through Revelation that God uh, has sought a relationship with his people and to redeem them. In fact, uh, sometimes uh, people will say, you know, they'll describe, well, the God of the Old Testament. It's really interesting. I've said this before, even in the book of Genesis, God says to the Jewish people, you will be a light unto the Gentiles. Uh, incredible, unheard of, that there would be this view of other people and other, other ethnicities, other, even other faiths. Now, not saying those faiths were right. In fact, saying they were incorrect vantage on God but that God wants everyone to come to know him and to have life and to be redeemed. And so we find this uh, throughout the scripture. I mean, you, you will look at people throughout history who have tried to disprove uh, the Bible. There was Sir William Ramsey. He was an archaeologist. And he did an archaeology, as he studied archaeology and all the, the facts around that, uh, he said uh, that which I thought was untrue, I have found to be true. And so he, uh, he came to understand that. Lee Strobel, from a legal perspective, he's a modern-day lawyer. His, his funny thing, his wife actually became a Christian, and he was so annoyed by her that he decided to research Christianity to prove to her that she was delusional. And uh, literally, and he was a, uh, not a lawyer, he was actually a legal writer for the Chicago Tribune. And so with sort of that mindset, uh, he studied it, and he realized that she wasn't crazy, but that he was off. And he became a Christian, and he wrote The Case for Faith and The Case for Christ. We see that again and again. We see the, the, uh, the reliable history throughout. Uh, there, uh, there's example after example. I've given many of them about King David. People thought that he wasn't a real person. He was an amalgam, sort of this hero. There's no historical evidence until uh, archaeology uh, dug up some artifacts and, and verified there was a King David, leader of the nation of Israel. And in fact, in, you read in Ezekiel 26 in the Bible, it talks uh, about, king, uh, about Tyre, the city of Tyre, led by King Goodyear, which I think is sort of funny. It's sort of a prophecy in itself. <laughs> uh, so uh, so king, king Goodyear of Tyre, and it, it talks about how the city would be des uh, destroyed, that it would be abandoned, and no one would ever occupy it again. And people always occupied because there was limited land, especially next to the coast. And yet, what did they find? It would, they found that city, Tyre, and it was abandoned. It was never rebuilt again. It would be like if someone said, hey, everyone's going to leave Fargo and never come. Well, I, I would believe that. But yeah, no, it would, uh, there's this idea that, that this wouldn't happen, yet it would happen. Jericho is a weird one. 
You know, uh, if you read that story, talk about a crazy story in the Bible. By the way, there are lots of crazy stories in the Bible. Uh, God tells uh, them to, to march around Jericho with pots on their head and the walls will fall in. And you're like, okay, come on. That kind of stuff doesn't, uh, uh, or the walls will fall down. And you're saying that kind of stuff doesn't happen, right? Well, when they found Jericho, the walls had fallen, but they were pushed out instead of in. And you say, well, when does that happen? It ne never has happened. When an army comes in, that you, you will never find that in an ancient city. You just can't find that. Because people, when they're being attacked by their enemies, don't say, you know what, let's just push down the walls and let them come in. Uh, so you see that again and again. That there's this reliable history that we find in the Scripture. And I could go on and on. Uh, we took a bunch of people to the Holy Land. Anyway, I'm, I'm going to go more quickly. It's relentlessly useful. Uh, we see that about the Scripture as well. Uh, I, I've, I've shared these before. I mean, look at some of these statements that we have. Are they true or not? It says, the, the rich rule over the poor, the borrower is servant to the lender. The love of money is the roots of all kinds of evil. Better in your time of need to go to a neighbor uh, nearby than to a relative who lives far away. See, they just sound true. Speak the whole truth to love. Better to live on the corner of your room than with a quarrelsome and ill-tempered wife. I don't know what that's about. The, uh, <laughs> okay, I'm having a little fun. But the, uh, uh, the truth is, is that there's wisdom. In fact, if you're not a Christ follower and never intend to be, one, I, I think that's a bad spiritual mistake. But you will gain from studying the Scriptures. M many non because there's just incredible wisdom there. W but why does the Bible matter to me? Uh, that, that's what I w want to share with you, and I think it's why it might matter to you a little bit, too. Uh, first of all, it gives me reliable spiritual information. When it comes to God, when it comes to eternity, we need better than our best guess, don't we? I think, I wish, and that's, I, I, I don't want to be unkind, but that's just not a way to approach life. I, I want to say, is this true? Even if it's painful, I'd rather know if it's true or untrue. Yeah, I'll get this, because a lot of you are like me. You came to, you know, hey, I'm good with Jesus, but I'm not sure about the Bible. That's where sort of I started off. The problem with that is Jesus really liked this whole Bible. In fact, he quotes from 22 books of the Bible. Some of the stories that people consider most suspect in the Bible, hard to believe, like Jonah, he talks about like he's a real person. And so, so Jesus, if you take Jesus, you can't separate that from the Scripture. Uh, so for me, that was the greatest. In the history and the archaeology, I love that stuff. Uh, but, but there's also Jesus himself. Jesus says, your word is truth. Uh, we need objective truth. I also like the Bible because it tells me what God is like. Um, you know, it, you get, it's sort of like uh, going on someone's Facebook page. And, you know, you know that's like 
Some of you stalk people on Facebook. Some of you have been kept from that because of court orders and things. The, uh, <laughs> uh, but, you know, it's, uh, you can find out what someone's like, what, you know, where they ate, whether they, and by the way, some of you are like, you know, whether they want to have a snowball fight and I don't want to start a farm <laughs> or any of that. But there's all these things that you find uh, on social media and uh, about people. Well, the Bible goes deeper than that. Uh, God reveals his heart, his purpose, and his interaction with people. Proverbs 30 verse 5 says, every word of God is flawless. So there's a truth claim. I believe that truth claim. And I also believe this. He is a shield to those who take refuge in him. This means that, it, that we get insight beyond conventional wisdom. Uh, the Bible gives me a reliable roadmap uh, for life. Uh, it keeps us from bad decisions. You ever make a bad decision? Of course, all of us have made uh, bad decisions in our life. Uh, Psalm 119, it says, Your word is a lamp for my feet and a light for my path, on my path. That when we need direction, you know, it's sort of funny, I'll get uh, sometimes a little bit bummed. I'll face something that's discouraging. And it just seems like at that point, when I'm reading the Bible, God gives me an encouragement or direction uh, or an example. 2 Timothy uh, 3, 16 through 17, it says, All Scripture is God-breathed and is useful for teaching, rebuking, correcting, and training in righteousness so the servant of God may be thoroughly equipped for every good work. Well, I, I, so I, I've talked a lot, a, lot of, a lot of reasons why and how it impacts. Let me, for those of you who are saying, Hey, Ben, I'm, I, I'm, I'm sort of tracking with you, but I don't know where to begin. Where to begin? And you can, if you want to write notes, you can write these to your side there somewhere. I want to give you some tools. If you don't have a Bible, uh, I would encourage you to download one. If you, if you have the Timberlake app, there's a Bible there. Uh, and encourage, there's also the Bible app. Uh, those are great ones. Or you can buy an old school Bible. And uh, I would encourage you to use uh, the New International Version. Uh, which is one, or a paraphrase. New International Version is translated from the original Greek, Hebrew, and Aramaic, the languages the scriptures were written in. And so it's, it's a reliable uh, translation of the scripture. There's also paraphrases like uh, the New Living Bible, uh, which is just put in real modern, uh, everyday language. I encourage you to do that. Don't do the old. I mean, I, I, not many of you do this anymore. Like the old King James thing is, uh, unless you speak in, in uh, Shakespearean language all the time. And if you do, you're weird. The, uh, <laughs> just saying, his word is truth. So, uh, <laughs> but, it, but the, you got to read it in a language that you're used to. Uh, the King James, by the way, is um, not to beg on it too much, but the, it, it's taken from a, tra it's a translation from a translation. It's taken from Greek to Latin to English, which makes it less accurate. Uh, the new King James is a little more accurate if you want to go that route. 
so encourage you to do that. We also have uh, something coming up, and, and I would love to say I planned this out, but God had it planned out, that uh, on April 25th, this, this Wednesday, we have a Bible 101 class. If you've ever, uh, if you've, Pastor David, Pastor Carlos, uh, Bright, Pastor Bryce, they're, they're going to teach this class. And if you say, you know, I've had a hard time when I've read the Bible before. If you go to that class, that will, when you're Bible reading, it'll accelerate it. You'll get to ask, ask lots of questions. And they are all incredibly gifted teachers. In fact, I'm sort of excited for you because you're going to get to hear them uh, speak as well, but you're going to interact with other people around the Bible. And so I would encourage you to take some time. To, it's a one-time class to go to the class. It's a great introduction. Uh, when you read the Bible, I always say start with the Gospel of Luke or John. Uh, read the who, when, and why. You always say, who was it written to? Uh, you know, what was the context of it? Uh, because you don't want to do the uh, you know, the whole Bible roulette thing and just read things out of context. You know, have you ever, you know, people who do this? This is what God has for me. Judas hung himself. Okay, not that. Uh, <laughs> okay, now I just dropped my notes. We'll see how that's going to work out for you. <laughs> Some of you are nervous. It's okay, I'll just start over again. The... Uh, <laughs> I have all night. So the, uh, <laughs> some of you are saying, Lord Jesus, no. Uh, but the, uh, you, you know, so we'll do that, you know, or, uh, you know, we'll, we'll get all these crazy uh, things. We need to read the Bible in context. Uh, also, growth groups. This is your last week to start growth groups and encourage you uh, to do that. There's some that are, go along with the sermon uh, where we're getting into, you know, some, some meatier topics uh, in a summer Bible study. Some just has to do with how the Bible deals with life issues. Which, by the way, some of you are raised in a thing. If you don't go through the Bible verse by verse, it's not real Bible study or teaching. I would challenge that. Do you know that Jesus never taught that way, Paul never taught that way, and Peter never taught that way? So unless they got it all wrong. Uh, now, often, a couple times a year, I go through a book of the Bible. It's not the only way, though. Just to, and don't let your cultural norm determine how you read the scripture. Because you know what? Sometimes you have a need, and your need is recovery. How do I deal with my addictions? The scripture talks about that, but it's not like, okay, here's in second addictions. You know, <laughs> uh, you have to study the whole. Uh, the whole Bible. Although that would be a good book, wouldn't it? <laughs> it also challenges my tendency to isolate. Uh, by the way, people who, I'll hear this every once in a while. You know, I just, I just do my own religion by myself. I've never met anyone who really has a balanced view of God or the Bible. Because there has to, do you know there's a difference between being well-read and well-educated? And now, it does, I'm not talking about getting degrees, and by the way, Trust me, you, you can get degrees forever, and that doesn't make you smart. I was in school uh, for, uh, forever, but it's really when people, it's the debate with other people, people challenging your ideas. And so that, that's important because we need that. The Bible says as iron sharpens iron, so one person sharpens another. It says this, let us hold unswervingly to the hope we profess, 
for he who promises faithful. And let us consider how we may spur one another on towards love and good deeds, not giving up meeting together as some are in the habit of doing, but encouraging one another. See, that, that there's this uh, encouragement that happens. And I, I can tend to isolate. And so I know the Bible says that, uh, that we're to love one another, greet one another, do all these one another's, and I can't do those on my own. Maybe you just wandered in here and you say, hey, I'm not normally a church person. Even if it's not this church, we'd love to have you here. But if it's another church that, that takes God and Scripture seriously, we need each other. And we get that when we need encouragement, uh, when we need to develop patience. See, at number five, it shows me how to deal with my stuff. We all have stuff, right? We all have sins that are dog us and we need to know how to, how to go God's way instead of our own way. We all have areas of doubt where we need to hear God's truth. Shame where we need to hear that God has forgiven and redeemed us. I, I, when, I, when, I, when I look at the Bible in so many times, maybe you're, you, you are in a, a place where you're just wondering, why do I exist? And then you hear in the Scripture, 1 John 3, that you are a child of God. Or in Jeremiah 29, 11, where God says, I know the plans I have for you, plans to prosper, not to harm you, to give you a hope and a future. And by the way, do you know the context of that is? It was a bad day for the people of Israel. And God, want, in your bad days, He wants to do that. Psalm 107, 20, it says, he sent forth his word, and he healed them. And for some of us, we're not going to get healed. We're not going to get whole until we say, God, I need to know your perspective. And, and my prayer is not that you'll just be, I believe the Bible, but that you'll let God transform you as you know his love, yes, his truth, and his guidance. Because six, it, for me, it gives me real hope for my future. I, I love uh, the promise that's given in Joshua 1.8. It says, keep this book of the law always on your lips. Meditate on it day and night so that you may be careful to do everything written in it. Then you will be prosperous and successful. That's pretty good, right? You sort of, I want that, right? I want a sense of God's blessing. Well, one of the ways that we know we believe in the hope that God has for us is not just getting to know God through the Bible, but doing what he instructs us to do. Uh, one of the things that's happening this weekend at Timberlake Church at, at uh, some of our uh, at services, I think on most of our campuses, is that there are going to be dozens and dozens of people baptized. Uh, people who said, you know, I've said yes to Jesus, and I'm going to identify with his death and resurrection. And I believe, I believe his word for me. I believe that he has hope, that he has a future, that he has forgiveness, that he has direction, that he has a mission that's bigger than you and even our own wants and desires. And that happens when we take steps of just saying yes to him. 
Well, at the services where we have uh, baptism, and actually at all our services this weekend, uh, I wanted to show uh, the story of one of the people who's going to be baptized, Anastasia. I, 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 Anastasia, I heard of her story. Yeah, not Anastasia. That's sort of put you out. <laughs> that would be an unfortunate name. <laughs> uh, but, <laughs> uh, but anyway, get back. Come on, come on, come on back. The... Uh, uh, she she came to see her to to church to see her daughter uh, baptized, and she'd come from a religious environment, and uh, but but that whole you know and had like you know sort of the infant thing of like okay my parents did that and now I'm okay but when she saw her daughter and her daughter take that step of personal faith and saying yes to Jesus. And being baptized, uh, she said, I, I want that in my life too. So I want you to check out her story. I've been coming at Tiba Lake for six months, and within that six months, I decided to get baptized. The reason why I'm getting baptized is to be able to be a new Christian and a newborn again as an adult instead of being following traditional baptism. When I was baptized, I was like eight months old, so I didn't know the meaning of the word baptism. But now I've started becoming a Tibalik church. I have seen people witnessing about their life and I was motivated and I was very enthusiastic. My daughter, she told me she wants to be baptized. And when I saw her march inside the water, I cried. For me, seeing my daughter be baptized, it was like a tear joy inside my heart. I, I decided also me and my son, we can be baptized because I know the world is behind me. I know the cross is before me. And that's why I don't want to turn back. I just want to follow Jesus Christ. I keep Jesus as my personal savior. My name is Anastasia. Baptism is my next light step. Thank you for listening to the Timberlake Church Podcast. Stay connected with us by visiting TimberlakeChurch.com or follow us on Twitter or Facebook.